welcome to RSF, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Episode 28, Revolutionary Sports Front. Uh, Tony riding shotgun today, Joe via Skype. As always, we are missing Gerard uh, for unknown reasons, but um, we're here, we're happy. It's the middle of October, fall is upon us, and that means football season. So uh, don't be surprised, including today when we start off with football. So last week on the show, we went around and talked about Lions. We talked about SOL, the games they could have won and should have won and lost, and the, the one they squeaked by. Well, sure enough, like a lot of people predicted, the old uh, SOL conspiracy theorists with the tinfoil on their heads, they, uh, they said the Lions are just like the Lions to go in there and beat the Eagles. And you know what? They did. They went in there. Um, not, the, not the most dominant game. Well, at least uh, start to finish. We started off very strong. But um, it came down to my man, Big, pay, big Play Slay, who uh, also was named NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Throw that in there. Um, but the, anyways, the Lions got a W, and it was huge because, as I said last week, I, and it was the title of the last week's episode of the show, I'm not going to the shed just yet. And if they would have lost that game, you pretty much got to go to the shed. And they didn't. And even though the Vikings won again and they're undefeated going into the bye week and the Packers looked pretty good and beat the Giants, it's going to be real competitive in the NFC. But all we can do is keep the ship floating. We're, we're t- we were taking water, and we still are, but we're staying afloat. And I'm here to say I'm going down with the ship. So, Tony, you got any? I know you watched the game. Uh, you want to talk about anything that happened? Any anything important? But I think that there's a lot to discuss. I think it was a very balanced game. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would say it wasn't the greatest game. There's definitely a lot of mistakes made by both teams. Which, at the end of the game, I mean, Lions got a couple breaks that went their way, and that's why they won the game. But one t- thing I want to point out real quick is. You always seem to get a man crush on a defensive back. Used to be Lewis Delmas. Now it's Darius Slay. What's with you and Lions defensive backs, man? Well, first of all, I respect the hell out of all defensive that backs. That's true. I think in a passing I think in a passing league that it's increasing by every season, I think the job becomes more difficult tremendously for defensive backs. And yeah, I find one every now and then I find diamonds in the rough like Lewis Delmas, who would have been a Hall of Famer if it hadn't been for all those injuries. That might be a bit of a stretcher, hyperbole, if you will. But, no, man, big pace. Big, think about it, though. I mean, a lot of times I'm speaking, I exaggerate and stuff, but if it's not for him getting a good hat, granted the, the um, Matthews, I believe it was, the ball carrier had the ball in the wrong hand, but if it's not for him getting a good hat on that ball and not dislodging it, the game goes a whole different way. Then, you know, again, going back to the SOL thing, man, you know, last drive, there's plenty of time. We had to settle for that field goal. All they got to do is get in range. You got this rookie quarterback. They're undefeated. Everyone's, you know, we're thinking it's going to be this big dramatic thing, but right off first down, he throws a bomb. And what a play by big play Slay to, to make that uh, adjustment to the ball and almost turn himself into the receiver and just take the stress and take that blood pressure level down right away instead of prolonging it. And, yeah, I just I love the defensive back position. That and, uh, and ends. Yeah, I mean, you just seem to really be loving the fact that he's finally living up to that nickname of Big Play Slay. Hey, man, I'm loving every Because he's had that nickname for a while and hasn't really had that many big plays for us. Hey, man, he won us that oh, game. NFC a, player it should have been, I get big played on Slay. Because last year, playing the Broncos, what was it, twice? 
You're watching him watch Demarius Thomas run past him in, for a touchdown? You're talking about a young man of color coming from the South, and he's, he's a young man, okay? And he, <laughs> he comes from a, not the most high-profile school, but he was, he was expected to be good. But with, with these kind of corners, man, especially with, with drafting corners, you got to give him a little time. He had a lot of high expectations. We got him in there. He showed some signs of early life. Last year was a little different, but now I think he's coming into his own. And it's like watching, you know, it's like watching a an, uh, a fierce animal come into itself. And he's going to be a killer, and he's going to do a lot of damage in this upcoming uh, month, season, and years to come. So big, 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 big thing for me, guys, is with the Eagles, uh, Eagles game. We we talked about it last week. We talked about it, like I I said. It really wouldn't matter if they if they necessarily lost that one because of the Eagles' record going in. What would matter is that they lost to the Rams and the Redskins. And I I, I kind of want to stick with the same theory here. It they beat the Eagles, great fucking win, great great job by the Lions there. Uh, they took care of home home field. To me though, it still it still comes to uh, play. They're at home versus the Rams and home versus Redskins. You have got to win those two games with teams with comparable records. They're both three and two. Lions two and three at this point in the season, it's not much of a difference in my mind. They have got to beat those two teams, or else you know we go back to the Caldwell talk again. Because you got home field, you have the talent, and you just stopped a team that was red hot with a with a rookie quarterback that you know was playing very very well, and a defense in the Eagles that was playing very very well after what they did at Pittsburgh's offense. So I mean, you went out and you beat a good team. Now you got to take care of business on home field. To me, I'm looking at the next two weeks for the Lions is, is a crucial point to the season because if they can beat them, then the season, like you said, Frank, actually looks a lot more reasonable. The Texans don't have J.J. Watt anymore. You still got the Jags. You still got home versus the Bears. And the Giants look pretty bad too. You know, the, the season looks a lot more reasonable if you win the next two games. But, at, at, you know, you, you, can't just, you can't just throw a couple floaters up at home and then expect the rest of the season to be right. you know, a success or competitive at all. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And what, the point I was trying to make was keeping the ship afloat. We were taking water a lot. You know, the bottom of we'll call it the Titanic. The Titanic was filling up quick, okay? The Lions were like Jack and Rose down in the, in the below deck section, okay? So that win keeps them afloat. And, yeah, it doesn't. you said in the grand scheme, so far doesn't do a whole lot because other teams are winning. But the main thing is you get that win, and you got to keep going and win again. And I really do. I said it last week. Uh, you know, you can't say it definitively because it's the NFL and anything can happen. But honestly, I never in a million years would have dreamed of losing to the Bears. I would have never in a million years dreamed of losing to the Titans. I know. I think those are the two ones that, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things that we'll lose, which we did. And then these, this uh, game against L.A., and the game against Washington will be will wash those other two losses, which puts it at what four and three, and um, yeah. and there you go. I mean, those. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? The Eagles they had a hot start, but I mean, a rookie quarterback. Who knows what that game could do to his psyche? Who knows what's going to happen with them? That NFC, that whole NFC East is crazy. And like you said, we got a lot of games in the schedule that don't look so hard anymore. And I'm just, I still, you can't live in the past, but I'm still pissed that we gave away the ones that didn't look so hard in the first place. So. The other thing I wanted to talk about was um, the combination of, of Stafford and Golden Tate. Now, as far as Stafford goes, not the most crazy good-looking game, but some of those throws he made early on to get, get us off to an early jump, a hot start, early lead, 
were some darts, man. He threw a couple darts to uh, Bolden. He threw a nice low ball for a touchdown to Riddick where only he could catch it, and he knew I mean, they work on that stuff. He knew he could make that catch. He threw a nice uh, – he was in a, up against in a scramble. It was a broken play, and uh, he did his own little beautiful, I might add, sidearm toss to the back of the end zone. And a, Marvin, a, Jones. A Marvin Jones made a, a great play in the ball, got his both feet in bounds. So Stafford had a good game. But he was more balanced as the game went on. They kind of figured stuff out. You know, Schwartz was around this city we all know for a while. And uh, they were making adjustments, and it got tougher, and things started to look bad. But when they faced the adversity, um, he made a big play to Golden Tate. who uh, That's the second person I referenced to. All those questions going into this game, what's going on with him? They were getting him the ball more. He was taking pitches. He was taking carries. Um, he looked super hype after he was getting first downs. Like, you know, you're going to doubt me and say my heart's not in this. He had kind of a, you know, what up mentality, if you will. And I really like to see that out of those two. And he was throwing the ball to different guys, Marvin Jones. I'm waiting for him to slow down. I'm not waiting for it, but, I mean, he has just been great. Uh, I consider him the number one, obviously. Bolden is a great safety valve. I've said it once or twice in this show. A guy that age who's powerful, he might not have the speed, but he's got that chip on his shoulder. And he's just so great on third downs coming across the middle, and he's hard to bring down. And he, he wants it, man. And Riddick, I mean, he's facing the adversity of losing not only that Washington, but, but the number of Abdullah, who I thought had tremendous promise, and he was put on IR. So Riddick, on the, and, the, and God, I got to see the, th- the play with Riddick, that fourth down, I was cringing at it. And I know you all know what I'm talking about. It's fourth down, they line up. They went for it the first one with the sneak, got it. This one, I'm thinking they might just be trying to draw him off. And he hands it to Riddick. And he just totally runs into a pile about a yard and a half behind, and he just rolled, Barry-esque, and just all Riddick right through for the first down. It inspired the offensive line. It inspired the team, and I believe it ended up leading to some points. So it was a good win, man. I don't care. Whatever anyone can say about the Eagles, they were undefeated. Rookie quarterback was getting a lot of daps, pats on the back, pats on the ass, and we won the game. So we got two what should be not cakewalks, but winnable, very winnable games. I think we'll be favored in both. And here we go. Let's keep this ship afloat and let's get that water out of the bottom, right, fellas? Well, so so two things about about the Lions as well. So for for a change, the Lions actually created their own luck, you know. And I, I think you create your own luck when you do the right things and you get yourself into the the right field position, the right place at the right time when, when they were facing a fourth down, and then and then Stafford got that face mask. You know, you put yourself in those positions. By by winning the battles and, and and being in the right you know side of the field at the right time, and uh, and you, you earn your luck you know what I'm saying um and so I thought the Lions did a good job there and Marvin Jones we mentioned it back when the Lions uh, signed him probably one of the better pickups they've ever done it, it helped them out uh, for the draft so they, they weren't really required to to draft a wide receiver to replace Calvin Johnson and then two he's performing and so you, you can't ask much for much else from there but. But I'm gonna say it one last time. I mean, those next two weeks, yeah, they don't look, they do not look very uh, imposing. They don't look as bad as the Eagles game looked uh, going going in. Even though we said like, oh, same old Lions are gonna beat a good team, but um, well, that, that's all just for the fans. That's just hyper. I don't believe in that. Right. Yeah, I don't believe. Right. In that. Right. But I, I'm just saying though, like, you gotta take care of home field, man, because I, I'm telling you, these two, whatever happens in the next two weeks, I, I'm not. I'm not like for Lions fans out there, like you can't settle for one and one. You know, if you go one and one, you're you're still right where you kind of ended up. If if you ask me, you, then you're then you're looking at three and four. And then uh, if you win these two games that you're supposed to win, then then you look at the next three games: Texans, Vikings, Jags. 
you should win two out of the three there, right? And right. then you look again at the next three, Vikings, Saints, Bears, you should win against the Saints and the Bears. And then you look at the last three, you know, Giants, Cowboys, Packers, Packers. The you schedule know, the ain't year, that hard. You guys are home, but the Giants hard, yeah. should win. And the Cowboys, um, it, I don't know, Cowboys actually look kind of good. But, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? But for, for the most part, those chunks that I just broke down, you should come out of that with winning records of, of those three-game chunks that I just, I just gave. So, I, I believe mean, they will. I believe they will. I just, I, I like where your head's at. I just want to, I want to give th- three things, to, for, and then you guys, either, either one of you two can give your final points and we move on. But the three things are, one, they're just bullet points, so don't worry. The linebacking core, which we f- tore apart last week on this show, stepped up and they made some plays. They played with a lot more grit than last time. They must have got, whoever they're, the defensive coordinator, the linebacking coach must have got in their face all week because they played a lot better. They broke up some passes and stuff like that. Um, two, um, Ziggy, it will be back. That's good news this week. We found out that we're going to be getting to at least see some of Ziggy. And the third thing I was going to say, I can't remember, so Tony, give me your final thoughts. To maybe Joe, if you got anything to add, but uh, this is good dialogue, and we'll move on after that. Go ahead. All right, yeah. So, I mean, for me, I thought it was one where the Lions did what they had to do. They played... They made up for the mistakes they made and they got a couple breaks that went their way and they were able to capitalize on them and win the game that way. And I mean, that's the type of thing that happens when you're playing a close game like that. You get a couple breaks to go your way at the end of the game and you end up with a W, which I mean, they did what they should do as a professional football team. Probably also kind of keeps the criticism off Caldwell, at least for a few more weeks. I like to hear a little decorum, decorum. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, I'll, I'll admit I was kind of rooting for the Eagles to win, even though I'm a Lions fan, because I really want to see Caldwell fired because I just don't think he's the right coach for this team. And I think they need to find a better coach. Dude, now that you said that, I didn't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna get into that on this show because we're on a limited time frame. But I just wanted to say there was. You're not alone with that. There was movements going on about, and I I never would ever get on that team. If you look at Joe, his team in college, which we're about to get to, is two and four. Jerry's team got destroyed by a bunch of white guys in BY. You, but they are loyal. They are loyal. You would never go to a stadium or buy out a section or put a T-shirt on for your team and root for them to lose. And I respect you for doing that. I get it. But so early in the season, that's why I wasn't calling for Caldwell's head. That's why I said I'm not going to the shed just yet because I had a feeling about this game. I got a feeling about the next few ones. And uh, you never root against your own team. And if you're a loyal fan – I just I don't believe in flip flopping or turncoating when it comes to that. I'm a loyal guy. I worked at my last job for four years straight. The new job I'm at, I plan on being there for a long time. And it comes to anything else with sports or life, you got to stay committed and loyal and dedication. And that's how I feel. So. Yeah, but I mean, for me, it's also one of those things where the Lions organization they do a lot of crazy things. I mean, we can talk about the fact that you can go on for days with it. Yeah, thing. like this week, the whole thing is oh, we're doing the honoring the '91 team. So we're going to have, you know, 91 prices, but it's only at one stand. And it's like a tiny little stand. Yeah, and it's the hot dogs. Yeah, there's, there's 60,000 yeah. people in the hot dog. We, they, yeah, for, it's going to be. Don't, we're not even going to give them that publicity on the show. we got too many listeners for them to be getting that kind of credentials. But are you guys cool with that, Joe? You said in the, in the group text you were kind of cool on the NFL. We're going to move to college, and then you, you got your Red Wings stuff that you're, you're chomping at the bit for. So Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for college. I mean, if we could kind of maybe not – 
Oh, didn't like U of M just destroy Rutgers? Yeah, we're not going to dwell move. on it. Look, yeah, I was just we could kind of move through that. We'll I mean, move I, through I mean, it. Rutgers sucked. We all knew that. Was Pretty good. much, yeah. Jim Harbaugh came in on one of your one of your Marine Corps issued airstrike missions and just bombed Rutgers in in a, in a way that in a way that they haven't seen since before bombs were even created. Literally, they were using cannon bombs the last time Rutgers lost that bad. Well, it was ridiculous. Is... It was 78 nothing. I don't think that it was raining at the beginning of the game. They might have had a couple stops, but after that, it was just point or Wait, score. Wait, that's what score. the score ended up being? It was 78 to nothing. It was 78 yes. to nothing. Dear god. Rutgers... So I I saw it was bad and I I mean, I was like, okay, as expected. So I Rutgers I'll be honest, didn't I didn't get a first down until weekend, the fourth but... quarter, Joe. Like, it was just, I said Rutgers didn't get a first down until the fourth quarter. It was that big of a blowout. Are you serious? And to like, put the cherry on top, I mean, it's not like, I mean, of they, course Harbaugh, tennis team? Harbaugh was going to run this. I mean, he runs the score. He seems like that kind of guy. But in fairness, if you look at the stat sheet, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but they were playing second and third stringers and some, like, white, yeah, they came some out. white running back from, like, <laughs> Batten Creek or Michigan or Battle Creek, Michigan ran one in for like 14 yard touchdown in the fourth quarter. So they weren't like putting in peppers at running back in the fourth quarter at 71 to nothing. Like, you know, they held yeah. back. It was just a complete massacre. Yeah, no, I was going to say like they, just... they came out in the second when they started the second half, they rolled out their second string because they were already blown out. That's just bad. And All oh right. man, it, w- it was so they're going on a bye week, and then they got Illinois. There's no yeah. use doing it. It's just it's business I, as usual. One thing I did want to mention about that was for Rutgers, this was kind of like a big game for them because their coaching staff and stuff and some of their supporters have talked a lot of crap about Michigan because Michigan's been recruiting New Jersey so heavily. Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, they're poaching. And so, like, they were their whole thing was, oh, we're going to, you know, come out and we're going to yeah. punch so Michigan we, in the face. Big Bad Michigan would punch him in the face to show that, yeah, we're a tough school too, so that will stop taking our players. And they got shit house. So any good players that they had in a, set, a team that would ever come out and lose 70 to nothing, we're just going to take away, <laughs> literally take them away. Or all the, like, the next Carew. The, the wide receiver that I have a man crush on that plays for the Dolphins that played for Rutgers. Hopefully the next crew comes to Michigan doesn't waste his time at Rutgers, and maybe Michigan will keep a closer eye on him so he doesn't body slam his girlfriend. Oh but that's a whole God. side note. That's a whole side note. Jesus but God, um, but what I'm – so, yeah, we brush across that. We get to the Spartans, and it's the total opposite. Um, you know – we don't have Jerry here to do it, and I, I'm look, guys. I'm me and Jerry aren't in the hottest terms right now, but I'm not gonna. He's not not here because of that. Okay, he's not, he didn't skip the show. I know people are gonna email in or tweet in. Oh, the state boy. Yeah, didn't he didn't show. It's not it's not that. It's it's a personal thing. He didn't not show up because of the state loss or the state's collapse. However, all that aside, state collapsed and they did lose, and it was to BYU. And um, it wasn't even really close. It wasn't competitive. D'Antoni, if you look at D'Antoni on the sideline, he looked defeated. Uh, the quarterback, O'Connor, finally got yanked. They put the, the, half, the African in, and they started running the option. <laughs> Isn't he, is he not mixed? Is the, the, they put the new guy in, right? Uh, if they put Terry in, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he's mixed. Well, or he looked tan. They put the tan guy in and started running the option. That didn't work. You can't call him a African, Frank. Oh, you know what I meant. I, mean, I didn't mean any offense by that. But So they started trying to change that up and change the pace at quarterback. They weren't getting yards. BYU was just, they, I mean, it was white running back after white. I mean, they were just lining up these guys that you'd never hear of. But they do think, you mentioned this last time when we previewed the game. 
um, you know, they have to go away for a while. So a lot of these guys are like 30, you know, and have like <laughs> a bunch of wives and, you know, eat, eat oats and granola and all that stuff. So anyways, so they go out there and they just, they just ran through state. And, um, I mean, we had questions with the Furman thing. They pulled it out against Joe's Notre Dame team. And after that, man, it's just been all downhill. And it's, I mean, that's, it's over. I mean, it's just, it's over. Yeah, so no, I gotta say, I'm I'm surprised about State, man. I thought, I mean, I obviously thought Notre Dame was a lot better than they are right now, too. But, um, I mean, it's just like, I don't know what happened to those guys, man. Well, uh, I mean, what 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 were you gonna say? Well, Tony? what I was gonna say was, I mean, part of what their issue this year seems to be for Michigan State is that their offense just doesn't seem to have it, and I don't know if it's the players or the play calling, because I know in the no, even in the past when they've had good players. There's been some questions about their play calling, and that's why I'm kind of wondering, and I was hoping Jerry would be here for this segment, so that way we could say, you know, do you think Dave Warner needs to go? Because for me, I mean, I get it, he's D'Antonio's buddy and everything, but when there's tons of people out there saying something needs to change with this offense, and D'Antonio's like, oh, I'm not changing the play calling, you know, he's doing a good job. We just need guys to compete a little bit harder out there. And that's why we're opening up the quarterback competition. I mean, I get it. You can say, like, players need to work harder and maybe you aren't. You've lost some talent that you've had in the past. But at the same time, it's the same criticisms every year of this offensive coordinator. It's either, you know, he needs to change and maybe broaden his playbook a little bit or he needs to go. Yeah, I think everyone except D'Antonio pretty much needs to go. Like, D'Antonio just needs to clean house. He can stay. He's earned his right to, to, to have a chance at a new regime or a new uh, group of people under him. He can stay. But I think pretty much, you know, head to toe, it's got to be a strip search. You know, I'm not going to jump that far. I think that's a little high into the right. To go from I where think, they uh, did to where they are now, I mean, maybe, I'm wrong. maybe I am out of my lane a little bit on that. But yeah, they had like a massive, like, unload though you know what i mean it's like i, I don't know they, they lost a lot of guys they, they had a few first round picks go you know what i mean like man that's tough and, and state doesn't recruit like you know other big schools do they 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 work off a system they work off of uh you know a lot of a lot of senior a lot of leadership and the, it's just not there man like a young state team is not going to be as good as you know, a, a, like a, a senior, a senior, more seasoned state team. They they need the guys that have been around for a while. They're more developed, and they they're very very disciplined style game. And you, you just can't do that with a bunch of young players like they have right now. Well, let's just uh, I mean, for their sake, let's let's hope they can remain competitive and keep finding it because D'Antonio is known for finding guys who aren't as high profile recruits and the not amount of stars or not a lot of highlights from high school and stuff and they turn out to be great players we saw that in uh, teams from years past let's hope we, they can keep it competitive but honestly and i'm not just saying this um when it comes to michigan and ohio state and meyer and harbaugh man they might get they might be uh they might be left dead in the water here and i'm not just saying that and uh there's really no one here to defend it unfortunately but that's what i feel um but uh, be good as games. far as michigan be good games. we'll see they'll get up they'll two get more things it. so michigan's gonna be out of bye then they're going to play Illinois. So that's that. They rolled over. Michigan State, I'm not quite sure who they're playing. Tony, if you want to dial that up, it doesn't really even matter, to be quite honest. They're playing for a, a six-win bowl appearance pretty much at this point, Fet, true, truthfully. And um, 
what was I going to say? Oh, so yeah. So basically state, the thing I was going to mention about state is that the, the thing we have to fear, and I don't think we have to fear because usually it's a little bit closer. Like usually the last five years state was on the opposite end of the spectrum. They were the better team, whether we liked to admit it or not, they were better, but Michigan was going to come to play. And this chance, I mean, you you know, the cliche would be to say, oh, well, their season's the 29th. On that 29th game, they're going to play Michigan like they've never played before, and they're going to try their asses off. And you know what? It's probably true, and I believe them. But I believe they will try their asses off. They will try hard, but I don't think it will even be close. And um, that will be their Super Bowl, and unfortunately it will end very badly for them. And it all roads lead to Ohio State when it comes to Michigan. So, and speaking of Ohio State, they had a decent. I mean, they ended up blowing them out, but they had a decent game with Indiana. But they did show that they were mortal. They gave up some points, and they can they prove that some kind of those dink and dunk plays and offenses that can trick you, they, they can confuse them a little bit, even with the talent that they have. So, Michigan, all roads lead to Ohio State. Michigan State, they're they're dead in the water. That's that's my take. Is that, can we all agree a little bit on that, or? Notre Dame totally effed. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even. Want, I spared you on that one. I didn't want to go. They're God. they're gone, man. I mean, you guys. Are, I mean, you guys they will couldn't. They recruits. couldn't wait till Sunday, like the South Carolina game. Yeah, like you, they had, they had to play in a in a damn hurricane. Right, Jeez, I did peak, see man. that. There was a fucking bone. It's embarrassing. I, I did catch a little bit of that game, and I thought about you, and it's just I didn't even want to bring it up to be honest in the show. The morale was already getting questioned going into the whole thing, so. Good. Uh, yeah, they'll 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 do their recruiting. Notre Dame's just a, one of the best schools on earth, man. It's the Fighting Irish. They'll keep recruiting. They'll find their way with the schematics and the head coach and their organization, and they'll they'll be back. They'll be back. They're gonna they're gonna be competitive always. It's always gonna be Notre Dame. Everyone goes through a tough time, and uh, look at me being positive on the show today. <laughs> but um. Yeah, like only only three weeks ago, and you were calling them child molesters. Well, and hey, that's everything when, else under the goddamn sun. That's when things are, you know, relevant. But, <laughs> but um, so anyways, uh, I'm looking at that. We covered that. I mean, if there's any um, college games, you guys, I'm I'm up against it. You guys can go as long as you want. I got about 15, 20 more minutes. But if you guys got any other things going on in college, you want to mention it's not on my sheet. If anything, you want to look anything to look out for. Um, I'm, you know, Houston I'm really just looking forward to the the se- the only season that really matters to me. Um, and and I think we all know where I'm going with this. If we could, oh, uh, we'll get you. We'll I, get I'd you like to have you around for this, Frankie. We'll get. It, the, I know. We'll, there'll be plenty. There'll be plenty for it. Now I'll, I'll try to. You know, I'll do. It. Okay, so you know, what we'll do. We'll do this then. We'll get. We'll do a segment that. So basically, I'll I'll just do this real fast. UFC 204 happened. Bisbing beat Henderson. Okay, we've been talking about this one for a while. We're saving UFC 205. We said that last week and the week before. We're going to save that for November and build that huge card up in the garden. But UFC 204 happened, went the distance. Henderson did his thing, man. He dropped Bisbing a few times. He was typical Dan Henderson. Uh, Bisbing went down, but he was definitely the aggressor, definitely more in shape, won by decision. There's always going to be controversy with judges, but I think it was pretty clear. Tony can elaborate with that or verify that. But, um, yeah, it happened and he won. I, we'll brush over this too. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one that we kind of all called it the same way, saying that... It, not only the result, but the same exact how it was going to go down. Yeah, we said it's going to be one where, you know, Bisbing's not going to knock out Henderson. He's not going to submit him. He's going to sit there and basically point fight, which means he's going to try and hit him with a few shots here and try and not get hit. He got hit a couple times, got dropped, but he landed enough punches, was the aggressor, one on the judges' scorecards, no questions asked. And, yeah, he's still the champion. Henderson, 
now is retiring. And he, I mean, he's 46 years old. He had a great career in MMA. And good for him. He, he, he gave everything he had in there. He said, I watched the, uh, both posts. Well, there was only one post fight interview with, with Henderson. Then I listened to a interview with Bisbing after Henderson gave it all he had in there. He has no regrets. He thinks he maybe could, the decision could have been better. He, um, you know, he gave, he gave all he had. He had a long career. Any props to a 46, 47 year old man that, that goes into the cage and performs, a, a, goes the distance with someone who's also a, you know, pretty damn good fighter. So yeah. we'll see. We'll get into it next show where the middleweight goes. There's a kind of a little mini tournament going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like Weidman's that. facing. There's uh, Weidman's facing whatever. Yeah, he's facing Yoral Romero, and then Jacare's facing Luke Rockhold. So there's a whole bunch going on there, which we'll get into. But um, I'll I'll tell you what, Joe. So that's the UFC. We'll get more to that. There's a lot to come. It's 8.33 Eastern. I got about 12 minutes of a segment, and let's let's talk Red Wings. I was there for one of the last preseason games Saturday against the Maple Leafs. We won 4-3. to three. The guys were looking pretty crisp out there, but I did see a lot of mistakes. I'm going to let you fucking tee off verbally right now, and uh, let's just – you, you just take me to 8.45, and I, I got to dance away. But go ahead. All righty. So for the Red Wings preseason wrapped up, uh, went 6-1-1 one, one on the preseason, which is not, not too bad. I think uh, – I think the biggest thing we got, you know, a real preview of is some some of the forwards that you know we could be coming out in the future. Sveshnikov had a great game before the the last one there, and then uh, you know, as you know, Mantha and uh, Ethanasia are knocking on the door to getting uh, starters minutes, and uh, and really now now it's time for the season. Uh, Mantha got dropped to Grand Rapids. We lost a couple young guys, Burke and Polkin, into uh, waivers. And Athanasiu made the team, but he is not going to be playing tomorrow night. Uh, he's he's uh, he's sitting out. So uh, I mean, really, for me, overall for the Red Wings this year, what, what's going to make or break them is their ability to to play with speed. They they've kind of started to, to develop and shape the team around. Uh, I think Dylan Larkin by getting more of speed, you know, a speed type game. Nielsen, uh, he's more of a north to south type two way player versus you know. Guys like Datsuk who, who kind of played more east to west. You know, they, they played a more patient game and used like a lot of their skill to kind of draw people in, and they they were they would speed it up and then slow it down and speed it up and slow it down. Nielsen, he's kind of like like kind of like how Larkin is. It's it's end to end. It's super fast. Uh, that's kind of how Darren Helm is, and I think they want to get Athanasiu up there. There's just not enough space right now, and I think uh, another thing too is they're they're working on that power play. The power play looked pretty good in the preseason. Um, and so, really, if they if they improve their special teams and they improve their their speed game, uh, I think the Rings are have a much better year. But the the big thing here is is the waivers losing two talented forwards to uh, to waivers and not getting anything in return. And that essentially, if you read any article that's out right now, you know, pull up Google or, or what have you, um, Holland seems to be on the hot seat. And uh, you know, I, I can't agree or disagree. I, I think it's pretty crappy how he lost those guys, but. Uh, but yeah, I think right now Holland's got some some answering to do. We've had him on the hot seat since last year. I mean, we we've we've had this topic once or twice. So, yeah. Well, so I mean, I mean, personally though, man, that that trade he made with Datsuk with the Coyotes in the draft that cooled off the hot seat. I would say a little bit. That that definitely cooled off the hot seat. It got but. the body out of the chair. I mean, yeah, it cooled off a little bit, but I mean, I don't think that was. Uh, he's still under the under the limelight, man. I mean, Joe. 
I respect the hell out of you for what you're doing, Tony. You're next. Uh, I respect the hell out of what you're doing. You're you're the field worker. You're like almost the beat writer for the Red Wings, and you live in Seattle, which is really impressive. You're doing your homework. You're doing your research on our guys, not only the ones on the team, but the ones in Grand Rapids. Not only the ones in Grand Rapids, but the ones that aren't even on, aren't playing double A ball. You know, double A. You probably got bantams that you're trolling out there that are looking to be Red Wings out there. So that's all impressive. But what I have been doing, I have been neglecting my homework. But what I have been doing is listening to a lot of national things, a lot of national media. And you never want to do that. That's why I want to dig deep like you are and get on the same page as you. But for this show, I'm not. But the national media alluded to some of the things you said, but they're not nearly as detailed. But first of all, we're getting picked to not make the playoffs. We're getting picked to be like a number 10 team uh, in the East in general and that that uh change of style that you mentioned is part of the reason why yeah it's more of like a east to west finesse puck possession and it's changing this north south speedy kind of guys but the questions that arise and the predictions that come about that nationally are because the guys that we have to do that and go through that metamorphosis aren't good enough and aren't ready enough to be good this season and it is the Red Wings, and Holland has made some bad calls, and all that combined leads to majority of people and quote unquote experts. Not, I mean, not that you are an expert. I consider you an expert, but experts that are more high profile to believe that we're not going to make the playoffs and we're not going to be very good. And it breaks my heart because I hear you in the group text, I hear you on this show, I hear you all over the place um, talking about how great things look, and you're thinking about positive, and I know how you get. When things go south, I've watched countless games with you, and I just don't want to see that pained look on your face. And I don't want to. I, I don't think want you still to, owe my parents a couple chairs. Yeah, I just don't want to see you break your heart, and I don't want you to invest hey. too much. I just you you know better than them. I'll take you over them any day. I'm just telling you what's out there, okay? So those, those, Tony, those chairs looked like penguins for a minute. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> They looked like a couple of penguins, and I had to take them back to the zoo. Yeah, I've, uh, I've broken a few things that looked like sharks before, too, and it turned out to be something Yeah, else. you know, maybe there's like an avalanche coming down the kitchen table. I don't know. I had to put that uh, on. <laughs> no, I mean, really, really it comes down to this. You know, you have you have two players that performed very, very well two years ago, and then last year they they definitely underperformed in, in Tatari Nyquist. And I, I, I've been screaming for a, a, a trade of one of those two to get a, a better defenseman, and I the biggest reason the media is kind of criticizing us right now, they're not kind of, they're definitely criticizing us is our defense. Our defense needs to play much, much differently. They need to play much, much better. I think what's going to help that is the, is the new coach we have for, for uh, defense last year. We had Tony Granado. Uh, the guy was a forward his whole career and he, he, he kind of was an offensive minded coach. Uh, now we have a, an actual defensive defenseman, you know, former defenseman, uh, in the NHL, played for the Red Wings at one time, uh, was the was a defense coach over in uh, Boston during their, their better years, uh, a few years back, and they had a pretty good defense then. So, I think I think with better coaching this year, it's it's going to help. And if and we have some bounce that back, new defensive coach Joe, Doug Huda. Okay, I was just going to say I didn't think you said his name there. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Doug, Doug Huda, and then we got uh. uh Torchetti, who filled in as the head coach for Minnesota and actually did pretty decent uh, being completely outmatched in the playoffs last year against Dallas. He filled in as a head coach when, when Yao got uh, fired. And then, you know, he, he became open market this summer. Uh, he's taken over the offense and the power play. Uh, and he knows um, Vanek pretty well from being in Minnesota. So he kind of, I think he knows how to better use him. 
I think we have more talent up front than Minnesota did. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the the coaching, I think, is our biggest. It's really underrated. I I think we have finally some good coaches, some experienced guys that aren't, they're not looking to use us as a springboard anymore, man. Like, in the past, you know, the Mike Babcock era, everyone wanted to come and work for Mike Babcock, but then a year year later, they're off head coaching some other NHL team. Like, half the... Half the damn league was former Red Wings assistant coaches. And it's like, well, we can't get anywhere because every year we change our system and we don't have a solid coaching staff. Look, look at the years we won three Stanley Cups. We had the same three fucking coaches for 10 years. Yeah. It, was, it was just a solid system. Everybody understood it. It was, it was discipline and, and there weren't any questions. But Everybody knew know. their role and stayed in their lane. Yeah, and, and it was the same coaches up until we won in 08. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the assistants started leaving and for head coaching jobs after we won the cup and it, it, we just became like a, you know, a bus stop for, for head coaching jobs. Like that, it can't be that way. If we want to, if we want to win hockey games and have a good and have a good discipline team and, and not take as many penalties, not have as many giveaways, not have as many, too many men on the ice penalties as we did last year, better special teams, the coaches have to be better. And I think we made some good moves in our coaching staff this off season. Oh, I can't disagree with you, man. Like I said, I'm I'm just telling you what I heard, and that's all I can do. But um, I think that uh, I think that you're. I'll believe you over anybody else, Joe. I mean, you do enough field work to to for me not to not agree with you. So I um, I'm with you. I just hope that you don't break your heart. Yeah. All right. Well, one 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 big thing too is injuries. I think uh, you know you all know I was pissed about Mantha not making it. Um, we, we all know. And then we yeah. all know. <laughs> I think, I think man double crush with me and too. Slay. But around the league right now, there's a lot of injuries. Crosby has a concussion. Uh, Jack Eichel just sprained his ankle. Both of those guys out for some, some amount of Austin time. Austin Matthews uh, just got a hat trick. Austin Matthews is killing it right now. Um, but, the, you know, there's a couple of good forwards in Florida that just got hurt as well, and they're going to be out for some extended time. So there, there are some major injuries uh, already that, that could be affecting some of these teams. And uh, if we, if we don't take advantage early of the season, where, where some of these teams are kind of shorthanded, uh, I mean that that could help us out. Is all I'm saying. But I think I think another thing too is these guys are getting hurt. There's the world the, the world uh, cup of hockey. They kind of extended some of these other guys' seasons, uh, especially goaltenders. We have two goaltenders right now uh, that are both high high paid, and and Howard's been a starter. If if at some point during the season. Teams kind of get a little dry on goalies. You could yeah. see a trade happening. Um, do they want Howard? I don't know. But it, it kind of becomes that, you know, what else, who else are you going to get, you know? Exactly. You're very, it, it, it's very well possible. And I just want to inform, just as a public service, I just want to tell people that right now what we're doing is important. And it might not be the, the cutest stuff or the sexiest stuff, but what Joe's putting out are all real brute facts, and it's real breakdown, and it's real analysis. And un- Unlike football, which we just started, because we started this show uh, last year on Super Bowl weekend. Literally, Super Bowl weekend was the first show. So you've got to hear how we do hockey. But in order to get back to that animated, funny, breaking down actual games, you got to go into the season knowing what's going on and knowing what you're getting yourself into. Get to know the players a little bit. And then the fun starts is when the games start rolling. October goes through. You're in November. You're in December. And uh, you get to those points in the season where you can not only start breaking down games, but you can also look back on the stuff that we talked about in moments like this and, and um, analyze and critique the team and have some fun with it along the way. And like I said, it's not, it's not that it's boring, 
but it's necessary and it's it's valuable information to pay attention to it because it's a long season and if we're going to prove these haters wrong a lot of this stuff that Joe's saying um, it's got to come true and it's got to be addressed so that's I just wanted to throw that out there just so because I mean there's a lot of stuff that you're giving to people and this is you know people don't even realize this this show revolutionary sports was almost called truth on ice we we love hockey on this show. We've been caught up in football. We got caught up in the NBA Finals. Hockey kind of went silent there for a while, just like basketball does after, you know, LeBron goes and hoists the, uh, hoists the world championship in, in Cleveland and yells Cleveland. You don't really hear much about it there after just how it works in the sports world. But here we are. Joe is breaking it down for the Red Wings, and he's excited. We're all excited. And I, I just can't wait for the games to start and start getting these getting to know these names and numbers better and winning games and, and breaking them down every week with, with you guys and hopefully Gerard. Tomorrow night, Tampa Bay. Yep. Tampa Bay's so stacked. I hate them. <laughs> Fucking Tampa Bay, man. It's because they got Stevie God. Y, man. Where where do they get the money? They just signed Kucherov for $4 million a year. Like, how are they paying these guys? I don't know. They, I think they still got a lot of guys that are on entry-level contracts, so they're paying them jack shit. God, Kucherov with that shot. Yeah, but they're they're paying – uh, shot. Well, a lot, all their defensemen are not entry-level guys, though. They're all True. getting – their defensemen and their goalies are getting paid, and Stamkos is getting paid, and now Kucherov's getting paid. Like, like where, where the hell else are they getting this money? I don't know. Oh, I mean, my. maybe you should probably uh, go look and break down their payroll one of these days. I don't feel like it. I just like to bitch about him. Well, you go ahead and bitch. Hey, I'm looking at my clock, guys. My red light just beeped on. I'm at a quarter to nine. I, I'm I'm heading into midnights. But if um, I don't know if Tony's paying bills, are you guys gonna keep keep shooting live on the air? It's up to you. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have to be getting going. What are you guys doing? Uh, we'll still talk a little ride wings. Okay, you guys go ahead and do that. Um, I know I know Tony has some takes, so I want I want to hear Tony's takes. And well, we'll, good. We'll go that'll, back and forth. that'll be a good change of pace. But I'm just gonna tell the people that I. Uh, I will I will be back next week and um, to buy low and sell high. <laughs> see you later. All right. See you, Frankie. All right. See you, Frankie. Hey, Tony, before we dig deeper in the Red Wings, why don't we take a little break and, uh, and then we'll fill the people in on some more info. Okay. No problem. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to discuss some more Red Wings. RSF. All right. And we're back. Now it's just down to myself, Tony, and Joe here. So, uh, missing half the crew right now, but, uh, we're going to continue talking to this, uh, Red Wing season preview we had going here. Uh, real Sounds quick, good to me. yeah, real quick before we get into that, like I kind of, I threw it in there earlier right now, Austin Matthews is playing his first, uh, NHL regular season game. And in the second period, he got a hat trick. Yeah. Why the hell not? First game, first hat trick, first everything. Fuck it. I mean, his coach is a former Red Wings coach and Mike Babcock. God. Who got Must to draft nice. Austin Must Matthews? Must be nice, Mike. Yeah, you go from the best, like one of the best teams in the NHL to uh, the worst, and then you get the number one overall draft pick, and you can pick up a guy like Austin Matthews. Yeah, well, you if know, he keeps playing like that, they'll end up being the best team in the NHL. So. Our star youngster, you know, we got to find him later on in the draft. In Dylan yeah. Larkin. But, I mean, speaking of the youngsters, we were talking about Mantha and Anthony Siu. There's a couple other youngsters who are no longer with this team. And that is Timu Polkanen and Martin Frick. Or Ferk. Ferk, okay. See, I don't know how to say this. FRK. You need vowels in the last name. Come on. Yeah, that's probably why we put them on waivers. <laughs> but both these guys got claimed on waivers, so we couldn't send them down when we were trying to send them down to Grand Rapids. 
So now they're with other teams in the NHL. And to me, I mean, this is one of those things where we're literally losing young guys on entry-level contracts who wouldn't count that much against the cap and keeping veterans who are paying a lot more to basically do the same thing that we could get out of these young guys. Yeah, I mean, are we going to get the same thing out of those young guys, though? I mean, FERC is a total shot in the dark. When We know Vanek has performed in the past for, for multiple years. He's actually scored 40 goals in a couple of you know, different seasons. And with, with Ferk, it's like, it wasn't, it was only two years ago. He was playing in Toledo when he was a higher round pick. I think he was a first or a second rounder. And, uh, and he played great in juniors, but then he comes up to the pro level and he, he couldn't even really crack Grand Rapids. And then all of a sudden he had a, a better year in Grand Rapids and looks good in exhibition, but you know, I mean, he, he looked good in exhibition, but it, it, the, the, the knock on Ferk is he, he couldn't skate very well. Yeah, but, I mean, to me, this is why Holland's hot seat's heating up again. He made that great trade at the draft to get rid of Datsuk's contract. But at the same time, because he'd already signed these free agents and we knew he didn't have a lot of forward spots available, people were saying he should make a, f- a few more trades. I mean, to me, even if you trade Polkanen and Ferk for a third-round pick each. You're still getting something from them instead of letting them go for free. And when you get that pick, you can take a guy who you think will develop well and spend a few years trying to develop him while you have these guys that you sign as free agents play out their deals. Yeah, I I don't don't disagree with you. I just, when it it comes down to it, and the reason I kind of mentioned how how Ferk wasn't all that special is because I just don't think other teams wanted to give up a pick for Ferk. They'd rather take a chance by pulling him off waivers than giving up something for that. I mean, there's two, and unfortunately, there's two sides to the trade. Uh, it's our biggest struggle right now trying to get a, a good defenseman is that everybody wants Larkin for a good defenseman, and like it's just not going to happen, man. We're not going to give you our, the future of our franchise for for one year, good defenseman, you've been stockpiling because you sucked the last ten years, Winnipeg Jets, and uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. It, like, what it, it? It's crazy because like no one wants to get fooled, you know. No one wants to get you know just hand Detroit another Stanley Cup. Everyone still respects Detroit. They still respect Ken Holland, and I, I was made pretty evident. You know, I was made evident by that trade uh, at the draft. I mean. Well, let's face it, dude. Ken Holland made Arizona's GM look like a 13-year-old child. I mean, that, that trade was just berserk. We still got a first-round pick. We, we told him, hey, take, take his salary. Give us, give us your other first-round pick, which is really not that different. It's like two spots back. And, uh, and give us a player, too. Arizona's like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, all, I mean, all for a defenseman that they, they had no idea if he's going to be any good or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean... It, it is one thing, one of those like great classic Ken Holland moves, where he deals, he makes a deal where it's like, wait, we didn't give up anything and we got something amazing in return. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's one of those things where, with Holland, but, I mean, we talked about it. He's letting guys basically go for free, and and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you were looking at this situation, going, we got these young guys coming up. So you have a choice. Sign free agents and trade those guys or keep those guys and don't sign free agents. 
And yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's like, and for, and part of it, I think, is it's coming from higher up. I don't think this is just Ken Holland making this decision. I think this is Chris Illich making this decision. Yeah, I mean, he's. De- I mean, you definitely always have ownership pressuring, especially with the Illich family. They they want to win. They've tasted winning with the Red Wings. They've tasted being very close to winning with the Tigers. Um, they, I mean, it's good to have owners like that, man. I mean, it's good. It it's good to it's good to win. I mean, other people criticize and, and say, "Oh, that's so that's so shitty," but like, well, I'm sorry, our, our team's winning, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, but what I'm what I was gonna say is they've been to the top of the mountain, and now I don't think they're trying to get back to that top anytime soon. I think what it is is Chris Ilch has decided, "Hey, you know, my dad's not doing too well, and we got this new arena coming." Let's just keep this streak of making the playoffs going for as long as we can. And then when we no longer, and then when we had that season where we don't make the playoffs, then we'll actually get around to making some changes until then we'll keep this streak going so we can keep selling tickets, keep filling the seats in, in the new stadium, because that's one thing you can't go into. If you go into a rebuild right now, you have this year where the Joe's going to be packed. This is the last season of the Joe. You have next year where the new stadium is going to be packed because it's a new stadium. And then maybe you got one year after that that you might get out of it where there's a still new stadium vibe going on where people will buy tickets just to be in the new stadium. By year three, if not year two, depending on the fan, you're going to have to be putting results on the ice. Where if you say you're going into a rebuild that could take three to four years, you don't want to do that right now. Yeah, I... It's it's tough, man. It's the the way we're doing it is just one of those things where, holy shit, Austin Matthews scored four goals. Um, sorry, <laughs> I just, God Almighty, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you try to rebuild on the fly like this, and in the cap era where there's just not any leniency at all. But I mean, how how has got to prioritize what he wants to do more? Are, are your draft picks that important? Or are your prospects that important? Because you got to get rid of one of them. You know? He, or, he's, or, I, I have a feeling he's not offering up any first-round picks. He's not offering up enough enough for a guy. You know I mean? you got to give something to get something. And if it's anything except Dylan Larkin, okay, then fine. Then offer it. Get get somebody. But yeah, it, or, it's, it's tough. Or, man. I mean, you don't sign the, some of those free agents. And then you're saving a little bit of money against the cap. Because then you're not paying veteran contracts you're you're having guys playing entry-level contracts yeah i mean i i agree i thought you know the the ott and bannock deals are are 50 50 they could go good they could go bad this year at least at least for one thing at least one thing is this they where they're both only around for one year and uh bannock Vanix is the higher of the two at 2.6 million and and Ott's not even get getting paid a million. He's he's making about the league minimum. And we had the option in camp that if he if he showed up to camp looking like crap, uh, then we could just put him on Grand Rapids, no penalty, and it'd just be like he's a griffin. You know what I mean? So and th- part those of me kind of wishes we would have done that and kept really Mantha up, but I mean at the same time it's one of those things where I think we're keeping Anthony see you up, but he's gonna be healthy scratch. To me that doesn't yeah. make sense either. He's a young guy who sh- should be getting playing time. He showed last uh, year he can play. 
Yeah, and that's one thing I just have not been able to understand is the lack of ice time that uh, Athanasio has received. I mean, when that guy's on the ice, I, I feel like I always see him with the puck just skating around he's people. Al- like, he always seems to be how- doing something, and they say, oh, well, you know, he only plays five minutes a night. If it goes to 10, he might still be only doing five minutes of work, and then you're going to be saying, oh, why is he standing around half the time? But at the same time, you need, don't to, think that's gonna you need happen. to try it. I mean, he, yeah. he just seems to have a nose for the puck and be able to create things. Yeah, and I mean, which hey. Which is what this team needs. If you're, yeah, if you're so worried about his defensive play, I, don't, I just don't think you have to worry that much about the defensive play of him when he's looping around uh, Johnny Oduya from the Dallas Stars and, and putting up, you know, top 10 sports center plays. Like, if, if you got the puck the whole time in the offensive zone, I, I think that's pretty good defense, too. You know, yeah, I mean, I th- like you also, don't you don't have to play in your own end the whole fucking game. With his speed, I think he can compensate for some of his uh, defensive deficiencies. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's how Danino was. Remember Matthew Danino? I mean, he he wasn't yeah. the greatest player, but he was so fast that he he made up for a lot of that by by just being able to be quicker than a lot of guys, and he'd make up for a few mistakes here well, and there. Yeah, you see that. You can say that about a lot of players in a lot of sports, where when you have the speed and athleticism. You can make up for maybe a few of your shortcomings because you may be out of position for a second, but your speed can put you right back into position. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and, and really, it, it comes down to this, man. We we do have a couple good forwards uh, in, in Nyquist and Tatar. I'm, I'm very critical of Nyquist. I just don't like how he gets pushed around. But man, if, if those guys score like they did two years ago, getting close to thirty goals, about or you know between fifty and sixty points, and Zetterberg has, has somewhat of a, a, a solid year, he's going to play less minutes, and Larkin continues to, to progress, I think we're going to be okay. And we have Fra- Franz, you know, we got Franz Nielsen. If Vanek scores about twenty, I mean, that, there's another twenty goals. Potentially, we could have up up to six. Six or seven twenty goal scorers. Yeah, I mean that would be great, especially for this team. But I mean, kind of back to the thing with Chris Illich is I think because we know he's pretty much one running the team now because Mike Illich's father is not in the greatest of health anymore. And I think he's been looking around Detroit and going, Well, the Pistons aren't really that great. And they've always kind of been Team number so, four so. in ter- in terms of fans and everything like right. that, but we got but you know we're the Illiches. We own the Red Wings and the Tigers, and we've been pretty good. And the Red Wings have been great for the past twenty five years, and yep. making the playoffs. The Tigers for the last ten years have been pr- really good and in contention for a playoff spot most of the time. They had a few down years here and there. But even this year, they were in contention for a play- playoff spot till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at the Lions and goes, this team's been horrible forever, and yet they still sell out games no problem. Yeah. I think he's like, hey, mediocrity, baby. We got the wings. I- we'll sign some veteran free agents. We'll win enough games. We'll finish second or third in our division. We'll make the playoffs. Every couple of years, we'll get lucky and get out of the first round. For the most part, we'll probably lose in the first round. But hey, we'll keep that streak going. We'll keep putting butts in the seats. 
And then we just got to hope that we hit a gem later on in the draft. We get a few guys because we usually have later in the round picks that turn out to be all-stars and then we're back on top or this eventually all collapses in on itself. And then we go into rebuild mode then. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if that's necessary. I don't know if anyone's like every year, like, you know, for the Red Wings, you know, with, with the, the personnel that we have, if, if mediocrity is ever a goal, but I, I, I could see we're saying like, Hey, let's, let's make the playoffs and, and just, and float until yeah. some of these younger we'll say guys. We're, like we're a good enough team to make the playoffs. Anybody has a shot in the playoffs. You know, you never know how the puck's going to bounce. Right. We always talk about puck luck. You can always, you know, do what we've seen tons of teams do. Get in as an eighth seed, have your goaltender get hot. And next thing you know, you're hoisting the Stanley Cup because nobody could beat your goalie. And you scored one, two goals a game because you got a couple lucky bounces here and there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I think it's really going to just be. It, it, it's got to be when these younger guys come up, man. I mean, I, I don't know if you watched any of the preseason. All Spesikov looks pretty good. I, I just don't see. I, I don't know. You're, you're right about the veterans. I mean, those those guys. I mean, I think I think it's got to be one and done with with Ott and Bannock, and I think uh, I think you got to trade somebody. And just make room for these young dudes because they are they're they're ready, man. If if it, it's it's like an apple tree, you know. What I mean, if you you got to pick the apples when they're ripe, and if you don't, you know the the, the bugs and everything and get at them, they're gonna rot, and it's it's gonna be wasted time, you know. So yeah. I think I th- I think the guys are ready. We just gotta find a way to get them up, and you know, there, there's one thing also right now that it's we know it's gonna happen. The injuries are coming. And maybe that's that's where these young guys come up and play league games and play real you know real minutes because they just have to. Maybe we get like the injury bug and we, we call up all these guys like you know the Bertuzzi's, the Manthas, you know Athanasiu plays, and and then all of a sudden it's like shit, these, man. Maybe these guys are better than what we have. These guys can play. Let's keep them in the lineup because they're better, and then maybe move yeah, a couple maybe of these it just old dudes. opens eyes for next year. Yeah, I mean that's definitely. I mean that's what I'm hoping is you know, for me I'd rather see these guys play in the NHL and see what they have, and then if they're no good, they're no good. Then this yeah. we put them on waivers because well we don't really know we put them on waivers, then they go to another team, and then what? And then you know of course worst case scenario is later on this year or next year this guy's tearing it up for the team that signed him off waivers and we got a fan base sitting there going, wait a second. We let that guy go. Cause we were keeping an old guy who did nothing for us. The one year on his deal. And then he, then we let him go. Cause he was so horrible on that one year deal. And this guy's tearing it up on, for this other team. And that's just going to build more frustration with the way Kenny Holland's running this team, man. I just, I just don't know what else they need to see from a guy like Mantha. The the goals that he scored and the way he played, one of the goals was just classic big dude in front of the net. Defenseman couldn't move him, and uh, and, and he put a backhander in uh, against Chicago. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't see his first one that he scored, but uh, his third one against against Toronto, the game winner. What have we been needing? A, a, a pure goal scorer who, who, late in the third period, 
could just pull up like he did and, and, and whip a wrister and no one sees it until it's in the back of the net. You know what I mean? Like we have just been craving and starving for a player like that for some time now, ever since Franson got hurt and God, he's right there. Like what, what else do you want? I mean, no, none of these young guys are going to be perfect. They're not going to be Datsuk. They're not going to be Zetterberg. They're not going to play this two-way game. Zetterberg and Datsuk didn't do it for a while. I mean, sure, they were masked by a lot of the other players that are above them for a little bit. But it, it took Zetterberg and Datsuk some time, too. And we were willing to give them that time and that leeway. But we're not willing to do it with these guys. And I just I don't understand why. And... I, th- I think it's going to cost us. At some point, it's going to cost us. If they don't come up at some point and, and are given a chance to contribute, I, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I thought Mantha and Double A might have had some establishment from last year. Mantha had 10 games. Double uh, A had, had quite a few plus a playoff series. They're, treat- they're treating Double A like he's just like, like I, I don't know, man. It's, it's really weird. Maybe there's something going on in the locker room, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's about time we wrap this up. But I was hoping everybody was here for this. But uh, I just want to get, you know, real quick. Season starts tomorrow night. What's your prediction for how this team is going to uh, finish out the year? I think, uh, you know, it's the same defense as last year. Uh, it was a weakness, but I think Mrazic Mrazic looked good in the World World uh, World Cup there. So I think Mrazic has a good year. I think the defense is is about the same, but improved with with better coaching. Uh, I think I think the special teams is a little bit better, and um, I, I think we're probably going to be if 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 we don't make any moves, let's just say if we're, if, if it's the same team now as it is in, in come come uh, playoff time. I think we sneak into the seventh or eighth spot again, and then who knows from there. But my, my prediction is we make it 26 straight years. Uh, um, I just think uh, I, I think the the coaching staff is going to be the difference. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I agree with you. I think, like I said earlier, I think it's kind of just hey, let's keep this streak going. Let's make the playoffs. We'll probably get bounced in the first round. Maybe we'll get lucky, get through the first round, or maybe even catch a few lucky breaks and get further than that. But yeah, I, I, I pretty much see, you know, basically a uh, team that at the end of the year will have to win a few games here and there, a few crucial games like they did last year to get in. And, I mean, who knows? They might end up back in the playoffs this year like they did last time. Yeah, the, the season's so long, man. I mean, we're, we're talking. We still got 82 games. We haven't even played one. Um, yeah, we'll, def- think... we'll definitely revisit this topic later on and update yeah, our predictions. I, I, just, this is... I think this... Yeah, I think this is one of those years that the Red Wings are going to look a lot different come trade deadline time um, and, and come, you know, April. I think this team is going to look much, much different than it does right now. I, I think somebody's going to go, honestly. I, I, It's been a long time coming, but I think another big trade is going to happen. It's going to be a roster player, and it's going to make some room, and it's going to, it's going to give us somebody else, and I think that's going to kind of turn us in the right direction. All right. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the Revolutionary Sports Front. So, as always, you can find the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash revolutionarysportsfront. We are on Twitter, twitter.com slash rsfpodcast. We have an Instagram for the uh, show as well. 
We have a YouTube channel. Even though we haven't put up a video lately, you can check out the older videos we have up. Also, the show is available for download and subscription at iTunes and Stitcher. You can also leave us a review there to let us know how we're doing. If you don't want to put a public review out there on one of those sites or on our Facebook page, you can also email the show directly at revolutionarysportsfront at gmail.com. So thank you for downloading, listening, and subscribing, and thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos!